And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muadib. Paul, is this review going to be in the wildest dreams, or are we going to have some bad blood? I got a blank space with your fucking name on it, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I switched the album, but I stuck with the artist from the last review. Uh, uh, I said we're going to do Red, but I want it because we had a shorter turnaround period for this one. I went with 1989 by Taylor Swift, which was kind of was her big breakout as a pop artist before she was generally known as a country artist, singer, songwriter. This album came out in 2014, uh, blew the fuck up. You couldn't get away from a lot of these songs. Uh, And it put Taylor Swift onto a uh, roller coaster of superstardom. I wanted to talk about Taylor Swift because uh, we're going to, the plan is we're going to be talking about this album and she's now doing her uh, Taylor's versions of her albums which is uh, the record company that held her masters decided that she could buy them back a few years ago, as long as she did not use disparaging language about the new, the guy who bought the, uh, bought the most shares out of the company, Scooter Brown. She didn't agree. (laughs) His workaround to so she owns, she has the rights to the songs, but she does not have the rights to the original masters. So what did she do, Paul? She started re-recording all her old albums. <laughs> That's amazing to me, honestly. That is fucking amazing. Like, good for her. Yeah, like I, like I said, like, I think this would have been something like if Zappa was alive, he would have been like, yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think Prince, so, I, I, I'm surprised Prince didn't come out for her on this either. Yeah, it's wild. And, well, she just started this a few years ago. Oh, okay, okay. So she's only done, I believe, two albums. Uh, Red was Red came out last year, her, her version, and almost immediately it was back on the charts. And it's now kind of pretty much considered the definitive version of that album. Most people seem to be streaming that and listening to that and buying that than the old one, so... <clears throat> the label is kind of getting screwed out of it. And this <laughs> caused such a panic that most labels now are warning artists not to do this. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're baking it in the contracts now. Fuck they can't man. re-record it, so they can't have their own masters. <laughs> That's so fucking dumb. Here's the like... thing. You, if you want... Owning the masters is pretty much where the money is. Mm-hmm. Like, songwriting credits is, helps a lot, too. But when you if you own the masters and control those... That's for advertisements, use of movies, use of anything. And the fact that she's re-recording these so she has control over her body of work is pretty fucking amazing. It is. It's fantastic. Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. I applaud her for every step of the way for doing this. Yeah, it was a shrewd move. Uh, I don't think any bands have tried this before. Uh, bands have tried re-recording singles and stuff like that. Usually it's not as good. It's hard to capture lightning in a bottle twice. Uh, she somehow did it with red. Uh, 
for our purposes, we're going to be reviewing 1989, and then... I believe whenever it comes out, probably in the next year or so, the Taylor's version, and we're going to discuss uh, what may have worked better, what may not have worked better. I'm I'm totally down to do that. Yeah. Like typically, we don't go back and we do things, but in this case, I am absolutely intrigued to to set it now and then go back and listen to. I mean, in the future, go and listen to the what she calls her Taylor versions. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, and it's the. So far, they've been successful. The thing, the tricky part of this is, again, this was like lightning in a bottle type of album. It was a pop music kind of juggernaut in a sense. Oh, yeah. It was, it came out, it was huge. Uh, it was the singles and everything. Like, you couldn't go to a club or anything without hearing, like, Shake It Off and Mad Blood mm-hmm. and shit like Blank Space. Um, it was so huge that, uh, Known creeper Ryan Adams recorded an entire cover album of that of this. It's not the first time he's ever done that, but it's the first time he's ever released it. Uh, that's kind of how I got this fell on my radar because I was like, "What?" And I listened to that. I wasn't too impressed with him, but so- like, I, I listened to the lyrics and I was intrigued, and that's what got me on the Taylor Swift version. The so version. You and I don't typically talk a whole lot. This, I think. Uh, which is surprising enough, because given how off the rails the Zappa one was, <laughs> you, um, you and I don't typically talk a lot <clears throat> in between the podcasts. Um, but you had sent me the Ryan Adams the, today, and I actually listened to it, and I was not a fan of it. Um, and I want to get some of this out of the way if, if I can, because I had a really interesting conversation with my. Um, wife about this particular album and we were talking about female artists in general and you know because we both said like this is not our style of music and but my you know i told my my wife about the whole taylor you know situation the story and she was like you know that's really good blah 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 you know i don't think male artists would have to deal with that as much as female artists and i said well there's been precedent there but you're right um i said the one thing that does that i don't want to have this conversation every time we do a female artist so i want to get it out of the way right now um is one of the things that does bother me um is with this album and with the vocals unfortunately there is so many of these songs where if you had said to me who did this song i would say god it could be one of 20 artists um there are certain songs on here that i that i would say i know is taylor because she does that taylor thing she has like this signature with the way that she does some of her music and we'll get into that when we get there but some of it to me was like oh my gosh this could have been this artist, this artist, this artist, this artist, this artist. And my wife said, well, you know, why do you think that is? And I, she's like, because you don't see that a whole lot with males. And I said, <clears throat> you don't typically with male artists because they want that uniqueness, that whatever. And you kind of have this, you know, thing where you go, oh, my gosh, that's that guy. Yep, I know exactly. He's from that band. You know, like when Chad Kroger comes on, I know Chad Kroger. Or Michael Bublé comes on, I know it's Michael Bublé. Uh, you know what I mean? And I think part of it is there's this space where I see it because my wife watches, like, clips from um, 
American Idol and America's Got Talent. And I've noticed this repeat where they pick these artists that, especially the females, that have this sound and hit these notes. And it's very much like kind of this cookie cutter thing. And I don't see, you know, like, how do I put this in, in, in another way that we were kind of talking about it where I said, okay, for example, I said, you know, you had the, for a while, you had the piano um, ladies, you know, where it was like Tori Amos and, you know, Regina Spector. And you, you have a lot of these comparisons that you don't see with male artists as much as you do with female artists. And me and my wife were talking. And again, we both kind of agreed that because there's a lot of more when it comes to like some of the things like Taylor has done and some of the gossipy stuff, you know, about like her, like with the boyfriends and things like that, like you see a lot more of them going after our female artists about what they do outside of the music. Then you see like, again, no one gives a fuck what Mick Jagger's doing these days. No one gives a fuck what Ryan Adams is doing. out oh, no. Like there's this kind of this well, people, double standard. <laughs> People got whiff of what Ryan Adams was doing. That's why he got canceled. Well, yes, yes, I, and, and there's a canceling. But when I'm like, like you know, for she's done like she's Bon Iver, for example. She's done fucking things with Bon Iver, mm-hmm. uh, collaborations with them. No one gives a fuck what Bon Iver is doing, but yeah. Taylor Swift they kind of go after for all these things. And I brought this point up, is that I do think that women tend to be a little bit more tribal when it comes to kind of the gossipy things where like, you know, you see, and I, like I said, I don't want to have this conversation every time I do a familiar. So that's why I'm just getting this out of the way now, but no one should give a fuck. If Taylor, I hear a lot of times where they're like, Oh my gosh, she's doing a breakup song. or Oh my gosh. You know, blah, blah, blah. Oh fuck. She's doing this. Like no one should really give a fuck. And and the weird thing is, too, like, I see that, but I see it mostly coming from guys complaining about her. But, oh, another breakup song from Taylor Swift. Like, fucker, what do you think, like, all the Beatles songs are? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. like, they right. were fucking man horse. And it's just like, because, and I think it's, again, it goes back to America's <clears throat> fear of sexuality. It does. But I will say, too, that I have seen it from the female side as well. I have. And... You know, some of that, I think, comes into play of there is kind of this idea of damned if you do and damned if you don't with females, like with guys, like I don't give a fuck what you're doing, right? Like, I really don't give a fuck what Joe is doing. If you're going out, you're staying home or you got hammered or you did some fucking you did some speedballs, Joe. I really don't give a fuck. It's your life, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't care what the fuck you wore to the bar or what you wore to work. But I do see this damned if you do damned if you do on the female aspect of it where going after well why is she wearing that on stage or you know oh my gosh well she's obviously you know she's wearing this suit pants and things so obviously she's not you know with us on this like there's you can't win i feel like and i feel like this is a cultural push that really needs to end and I think women need to understand that this is a manufactured idea from the gossip magazines and from like, you know, the, the gossip practices and, you know, like people and articles like that of this is how a, a, a feminist woman is supposed to behave. And then you have on the opposite side, this is how a 
traditionalist woman is supposed to behave and dress. And when you don't fall in line with these things, both sides attack you for not <laughs> being whatever. And so I feel like there's more of this conglomerate when it comes to female artists that very few female artists are afraid to kind of break out of these molds and do these things because again, it's damned if you do and damned if you do. And I, I just, you know, I feel like Taylor has been uh, attacked in this way. And, you know, I just think it's very unfair. Well, yeah, I mean, she's the one who was it won that MTV Music Award and Kanye West just straight up interrupts her. Yeah, and yeah, totally dismisses know, like, her. Yeah, dismisses her. Like, yeah, it's very... Paul, I didn't know. I don't know if you've ever known this, but the music industry is pretty sexist. Oh my God! Did I? I had no idea, Joe. Oh my! But the thing God. is, I do like. What have I been doing my even, whole life? She addresses this on the album too, which I do enjoy. Yes, yes. She absolutely. made a hit single out of this kind of like double standard and just like leaning into like this, because you know, like she date. Guess what? Women in their early twenties date date around. No, no, they don't. God, no, 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 they don't, Joe. No, no, they don't. They sit around and they wait for the Mr. Right to come, who is the guy who's sitting there in his apartment right now, listening to this, obsessing over it, has the shrine, because one day she is going to do a tour and he's going to be in the front row and she is going to pay attention to him and he is going to give her the life that she never had. Yeah, yeah, and then like I just kind of want to round back, you know, because the you know pop songs by women seem to like you said blur together. Well, it's starting to do that with the guys too now. Like I couldn't tell you the difference between an Ed Sheerhan song and like Harry Styles. There, like, I, that's a fair. That's a very to me fair like it's point. now it's like it's all kind of gelling into one homogenous sound. And so I, like I, the record industry now is just like doing it with the guys now. <laughs> so well, it's 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 not for the better for anybody. No, I mean, again, I, 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 you know, I bring this up because I, 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 again, I hate American Idol and like those type of things. I really do. And not because of I'll never be famous on it or whatever. Look at, I look at artists like, okay, well, Rod Stewart, you're never going to have a Rod Stewart. Some, <laughs> I know it's a bad example. This ugly troll looking man with a raspy voice. <laughs> yes. Or a Neil Young. Yeah, you're not. Ne- will never, I mean, z- this is for a very specific sliver of music and this very specific sliver of music because of the, I America's got talent and American idol and all these shows, the voice, whatever it is now catering. This very specific sliver of music is now becoming the mainstream and it's we're all stupider for it. Yeah, music has gotten poorer for it. I mean, and this is not me getting old. This is me saying it's become the clear channel. It's become the everything needs to be cookie cutter. This is why we're putting people on the voice, and this is why we're putting people on there. There's a YouTuber who was like came out and said, "Look, they came to me, wanted me on the show." And said, we won't, we won't let you win, but we like what you do online. We want to present you. And like I said, we won't let you win because you're already doing your own music thing. But we need people like you and people have voices like you. And he came out and said, this whole thing is a terrible thing for music. Because it really is pushing 
that this is the only music there should be. Yeah. And been this for such a long time now, and they finally finally came to fruition. Too. And they they figured out how to do it by fucking making it a reality TV show when it, most of it's scripted, um, and people just don't realize that. Like again, you think the camera just happened to be there when they're walking <laughs> in, like they know they're walking in, and the camera's already there. Like use your brain for a second and realize that they wouldn't be putting it there if they weren't expecting this person to come in crying. Like, it's scripted, motherfucker. Like, come on, use your brains a little bit. Turn them back on. <laughs> All right, there's my rant, Joe. There's my fucking rant. I just had to get that out of the way. Not really entirely sure what your point was there, Paul. <laughs> you went my off point on all is, sorts is of that I feel like no, my point there is that you went off on how they sound alike and to like the sexism and then Yeah. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> There was a fight. Hey, I may be lost down there. The point is, is that I feel like Taylor Swift has been kind of the epitus for what I was talking about, kind of being, you know, in this way. Because with this album and kind of changing on what she did, really, you know, she had a kind of a unique voice, but also in doing what I think is 1989. She did with this pop thing, which great, it worked, it went whatever. But I also feel like she kind of fell into this trope of I have to do it this way because this is where the mainstream is, where she, I think, had a more of a the, the Taylor signature on the speak now in red. Did that make sense? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, yeah, this is like one of those uh, left turns too, like Miley Cyrus. We talked to the bangers. Yep. She yep. kind of went too far on that one yes. i think taylor went just maybe not far enough with it yeah. breaking out of her comfort zone with uh 1989 correct yeah but yeah so yeah she was generally known as a country artist and so mm -hmm. she did this album again and blew up uh hipsters uh sneered at it until ryan adams uh did his cover and then all of a sudden they were like hey she might have some talent, and that just kind of goes back into the sexism. Yep. A lot of people didn't appreciate this album until a guy did it. Just, you, just, know I mean? you know what I mean? Like, and I never knew. I never knew, honestly, about Ryan Adams' album until you told me about it. I yeah, knew about. Yeah. I knew about Taylor's. I so never like, knew about Ryan. Like people like on boards and on Twitter were like, "Yeah, like made me really appreciate this album because I didn't really get into Taylor's version." It's like fuckers are the same songs, <laughs> you they, know. Like it, they are, but I got to admit, it took a guy to make the put out the same group of songs for people to be like, "Hey, maybe Taylor Swift might have some talent." Well, first of all, I want to say that Ryan's versions were not very good. No, there weren't. Uh, but like, it's got people's attention, like the yeah. indie crowds, like yep. Unfortunately, I, what happened? It's just Jesus so, fuck. All right, like, you know, there's all sorts of uh, shit around this. You know, the shit storm of the industry. Like that's why I wanted to talk about Taylor Swift because it is just a hurricane. And after this, you know, she kind of like goes back. She breaks into like her own again. She goes back to singer songwriter. Last couple albums were her. Yep, with acoustic guitar and shit. Like, but you know, like kudos to her and hey there's some great songs on here that i still really enjoy it doesn't stick the landing as well as when i first listened to it mm -hmm. but there are some really good songs on here with really good deliveries and production well and and I'm, I'm interested in hearing some of the production lacks for me 
Yep. And that's why I'm interested in doing the Taylor version when that comes out. Yeah, I'd be interested to do that. And what I didn't realize was, and this is something I, I think we should bring up as well, because you had sent me, again, we don't really talk a whole lot, but you sent me some stuff in between where we saw Legal Eagle on yep. YouTube. And if you don't know who Legal Eagle is, you guys are really missing out. Yeah, he, um, he, he one of my favorite is like he does, he analyzes the court scenes from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> He did one on Better Call Saul as well, which was pretty interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he did one on her pretty much. Uh, and I didn't. We, we, uh, we had rate that album. We love it when they say fuck the bosses. Yeah. We've, we've discussed Lou Reed and we've discussed uh, Neil Young. And that's why we're discussing Taylor Swift. 100%. And one of the things that's really fascinating to me that I didn't know about until I saw that review was just how much of the money from that, from the sale of the masters. Cause what, you know, what happened was the company that owned the masters sold and they, the original one wouldn't sell Taylor's to her, even though she offered to buy her masters back. And instead they sold this company buying and it was for like something like 300 million and 178 of that million. So over a half of that million came from Taylor's catalog. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why this particular company was never going to sell the masters because they would have lost over half the value of the masters they had, had it not been for Taylor. So that kind of, you know, to me that opened my eyes to just how much of a powerhouse, like I've never Taylor. I'm going to be honest. Taylor Swift has never been on my radar. It's just not my thing. Um, and, but it, this really opened my eyes to just what a powerhouse she is yeah. and, just how absolutely as an artist and as a businesswoman, uh, she is absolutely like top tier, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I can't have my masters, but I can re-record the albums and own those and then throw Taylor's version on those so the fans, because she has a rabid fan base like Beyonce, Mm-hmm. will gravitate towards that and put pressure on companies to not use non-Taylor versions, thus oh. making that investment of yeah. Scooter Bronze lose half its value. Lose half its value almost. And yeah. her 1989 re-record is uh, just as well received mm-hmm. as her Red. Mm-hmm. That will basically mean their investment was nothing. Was nothing. And, you know, legally brought up the good point of when it comes to like some people, I think maybe in the audience are wondering, well, what does it matter if she's re-recording it? Can't the companies just go to Scooter Brown's uh, group they, and they can, they can, but the fan base, the public pressure, mm-hmm. this is where soft power comes into hand. Yep. Soft yep. power. It's a political term. It's a diplomacy. Yep. Sort of thing. Well, fan bases are pretty rabid, and they will protect the artists they respect. They are not going to go out of their way for big machine music on this. No. They're going to attack it. (laughs) And the other thing is you have to understand that big machine music only has a back catalog. So if they make a deal with them, there's no future music in the work. So, which is the genius of what this is. Yes. Yeah. Which is what the genius of this is, because now 
the people are going to want to work with the Taylor because Taylor is not only re-recording her stuff, but she's also putting out new stuff. So if they make a deal with Taylor and, you know, like, hey, we want this, you know, then that opens the door for music and commercials and all these things to then have access to her newer stuff. Whereas if they go with machine, big, uh, big, big music machine, and she finds out that they didn't come to her. They use say something off a of red or let's say this one, let's say they, she, they use welcome to New York. And then they come to her later for projects. They really like a song on one of her new, a uh, new albums that comes out in 2025. And she's like, sorry, you didn't come to me. To yeah. yeah <laughs> so, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's brilliant. And it's, it's brilliant. Uh, and again, I'm really interested in seeing, cause again, uh, this production on this album was well discussed as we get into it, is very much of its time. Her yeah. past ones re-recordings have been pretty much straightforward, but have uh, sounded a lot richer because she has more time and more resources to actually do a better production on it. So mm -hmm. again, I'm very interested in hearing how the change because I feel like it, the production at least will probably sound a lot richer. Mm -hmm. Oh, like if gotcha. you listen to the "All Too Well" from uh, Red and then her version. The, the Taylor's version just blows it out of the water. Well, you've had advances in music, in production, and things yeah. of that nature um, over the and years. Her voice Plus, has gotten stronger as she's gotten older, too. Nailed it. Her she voice... has more uh, confidence in herself. Yep. Yep. As yep. like 1989, there's confidence, but she's still testing the waters here, which will be another interesting dynamic, I think, when we get to that, to see, like, you know, does she still sound kind of like... And, and a, a, a blob of what was at this time, like Katy Perry's and yes. And, 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 or will and, she make it kind of more her own? That'll be another interesting thing. I'd like, we'll be kind of well, getting into that. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. There is, you know, again, as someone who's recorded music before and recorded albums, um, you make mistakes sometimes. And I'll be honest with you, you're doing take 50, whatever, you know, in a day. And sometimes it'll be like, you know what? That was close enough. You know, and you'll be like, no one will catch that. I'll know it's there, but no one's going to catch that mistake. So this is also a chance for her to go back through. And there's anything that she didn't like on a music switch or a note here or a note that she felt was left off something. She can make that. adjust. So she's also got hindsight into it as well. Yep. So that's also another great thing for her to do. I do wish actually more artists would go back. Like, I think this should be a thing that artists do. Well, the and labels are making sure they don't do that, Paul. <laughs> fuck the labels. I wonder like, why. I wonder yeah. why, after what we just discussed the past five, ten minutes, I wonder why they're going to be cracking down on that. Well, uh, you know what? I mean, again, as a guy who almost got fucked by a record company, I, I say, you know what? Fuck them. Do what you're going to do. And it's going to be, I think, you know, because you do have the two different... And as long as people understand that you have the two different um, copyrights, you know, one being the songwriting and one being the master, um, at the end of the day, I don't even know if they could legally, if someone were to challenge it, if they can, like, there be, there's no legal press. I mean, there's no, there's no way that the that the courts are going to go with the music company on Taylor Swift doing this. No, and artists was, doing something like this. It was and like that she could do it. They're going to like, but you're going to see more music contracts say putting a kibosh on this going forward. 
Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Well, all right. But Joe, God damn it. We did a lot. We, we yeah. Yep. Let's get into it. Let's get the. All fuck right. Let's, let's start with track one. Welcome to New York, which is a perfectly fine pop song. Uh, like you said, it kind of suffers with mm-hmm. her voice kind of just sounding. Again, that's kind of like she has a good voice. It, she and, does. And it shines like on her newer stuff. So like you know, when she's younger, obviously maybe trying to emu- emulate what was popular at the time. Again, this was a break, her trying to break away from the country. Right. This was her using the templates of pop that were out in yep. 2014 yep. and running with it. Yep. 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 So she ran with it with the help of like really good, solid people. I think uh, Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes was oh, awesome. co-wrote a lot of this, this stuff with her. Uh, yeah. Again, Taylor Swift does write her own music. <laughs> people need to. She's not a, a studio Frankenstein. She does write her music. So good, good for her. But yeah, well, so this plays perfectly fine as an intro. I think it's you know what? I'll be honest. Um, it's fine, and I, actually, my four year old um, is absolutely in love with this song. Yeah, I so. mean, it's here. We've we've brought it up before. I'm a sucker for female pop music. <laughs> yes, so you are. This is, this is my wheelhouse right here, man. Like I, I love no. this album, but like again, I can see the flaws when they pop up but mm-hmm. when we get to the next track i don't see flaws because i fucking love blank space which flips the script of she's very self-aware at this time when she was being called out for all the guys she's dating yeah writing breakup songs this mm-hmm. is a very uh tongue-in-cheek <laughs> reaction to that paul what do you think of blank space well, I want to get that real quick. I just want to say one more thing about Welcome to New York is that one of the downsides to it was, though, and I this is a thing for me, is kind of, you know, how I'm big on vocals and mm-hmm. how there's a lot of being things being repeated. And I will say that my four-year-old heard the song three times and was able to sing along with it. So, yeah. so but that's the thing with pop music as opposed to, yep. you know, Frank Zappa is the point of pop is that earworm and right into you. Yep. And, and I will say that the fact that my four-year-old was already singing along by, 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 by the third listen, it worked like, like yeah. better or worse. It's a pop worked. song, but there's yeah. not a whole lot of weight to it. So blank space. Blank uh, space is a song that does have a little weight to it, Paul. It, it does. Lyrically, I very much enjoy the song. Very much enjoy the song. Um, Production-wise, and there's things about it that I don't like and don't understand. Again, though, I got it. I'm going to be very, very clear here. This is not my wheelhouse of an album. Okay, I'm just <laughs> I'm going to come out and say that right now. So, like for me, I have to separate my personal preference with my critical preference of it. Um, again, lyrically, this is a really fucking strong song. Yeah. It's just like, kind of eviscerating that public persona of her, which I really enjoy. Like I do. It the feels fact empowering, that she, and then it's baked into like a pop song very much of the time. Very much of the time. But that's how a lot of like really good songs kind of get out. You know what I mean? Like yep. sneak messages out there. I don't even think, I mean, I remember the video for this one. She wasn't even being sneaky about it. Like, no, she was not. This was this was her like being up in front. I, I'll tell you the one thing that 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 uh, that throws me out every time in this song is when it gets to the 
um, because I know I love the players and you love the game. Like when it goes to like that weird echoey, like yeah. anthemy thing like that, that drives me nuts. Um, and I just didn't feel like I didn't, I mean, I know why it's there because it's part of the time, yeah. but eight years That's where later, everybody at the club starts dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And eight years later, I don't think it really mixes with what the lyrical content is. Now I'm sure when she redoes it, she's going to keep it and that's totally fine. But yeah, um, it's, I, I do very much lyrically love this song. I, yeah, I, 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 I love yeah. the concept. Yeah. You know, again, it was like, whenever we talk about pop music, uh, it just, it's just very much of its time. It's like, you know, if we reviewed, say, Beatles' Hard Day's Night, oh, God. that would be my complaint about it, too. Absolutely. It very much of the 60s. It's yeah. very much. It's a pop 60s song. sounds like every 30 other artists that were out there at the time. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not like, you know, so we're just making these general observations. And Like, for me, it, for, for you, it might take away. For me, it, whatever. Like, yep. I'm just like, it's of the time, whatever. I, I can still enjoy it. But, like, you... you Sometimes production things really age poorly. Yes. <laughs> like one of those, like I really can't stand, is like the Nirvana drone. Yes, it's one yes. of those things that just really made everything sound the '90s. But you know, it's like we all have our uh, we all have our quirks and all, we have all our, our things. Quirks. We all have our yep. quirks, but yeah, I can see why you wouldn't like that echoey thing. I yep. uh, and I understand why they put it. It'll be interesting to see how she. Yeah, and I understand. She'll probably why keep it, it but like I don't know. Maybe her voice will be stronger, which might make it pop a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, we'll you have to see. Yet. No, no, no. And again, she might change around or what, do whatever, and she might update it a little bit. But you know, again, she might want to keep it the same because it was very successful the way that it was. You know what I'd like to hear would be an acoustic. Ah, that'd be brilliant because I think well, they're kind of like what Ryan Adams did, but not like. Done but by not like, Ryan Adams. <laughs> not done by a giant piece of shit. <laughs> well, it just wasn't very good. Again, it just it wasn't good. It was it wasn't good. Uh, he put notes in places to try and separate that just didn't work. But no. um, the other thing I, I I love lyrically about this is the fact that she owns like what she is yeah. and or like like what the perception of her was, which yeah. was. She dates people for a short period of time and goes nuts and then writes songs about them. That that was very much the thing. Um, it's it's called being in your 20s, people. It's called it's called being a musical artist in your 20s. Yeah. And the fact that, again, you look at all the and every one of those guys who are like, oh, my God, again, this is not my wheelhouse of an, of an album. This is not. But I would be a fucking hypocrite. If I didn't also call out, which weren't my things either, the butt rock of the 80s, and all of those songs were a bunch of fucking breakup songs. Like, yeah. oh my God, all the fucking ballads. Hey, man. That, pre, uh, Pre-Revolver, all the Beatles songs were breakup songs. Right. <laughs> Rolling right. Stones, pre-whatever. It's breakup songs. It was it's, breakup songs. It's the, it's the universal go-to. It's what people know at this age. Well, you, know, like you write what you know for the most part. Yep. And it's a great way to, because again, it's, it's, it's also a clever and well, not even clever anymore. It's a, it's a well-known way of connecting with a young audience yeah. early because they are going through that right now. And you, they have that na- naivety that about this. it. Even when you get older, you still go through heartbreaks, man. Like it happens. Like you'll be able to relate to songs and shit like that. You know, like, yep. 
So it's, yeah, it may be like you know the cheat but cheat code for music, but it, fuck, it works. It does work. It's the cheat. <laughs> Why code lemonade worked? Work. <laughs> Hundred oh my god! And I will say that Taylor is going through some shit on this album. <laughs> yeah, so, like if you. Yeah, I kind of wish we would have done red, but I just didn't have time to go through thirty songs because the Taylor versions of these albums are thirty songs. Like she doubles it because she has stuff and like she was working on it at the time that she's re-recording for these. So when we do nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version, it's good chance it's going to be like a two hour long album as opposed to what forty minutes, forty eight minutes. <laughs> minutes. So mm-hmm. yeah, so she's also giving peop- music buyers a bang for their buck. A hundred percent. Now we go into style, which is, I like the story, but I, for me, it's one of those, I like it because the production is different. Yes. It feels like more like, you know, this is not a single, but so I feel like weirdly enough, they put more interesting production into it where it just, it flows like a night song. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, this I, is a song you'd listen to driving on a highway at night. Yep, absolutely. Like right away when it opens up with midnight, you come pick me up, no headlights. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, it and definitely has just, that. Vibe. Yeah, it just kind of matches it. Like, I mm-hmm. like that. I like it. It's, a, it's weird. It's weird. It is weird. I, it is it's weird. not a hit single, but I like the production, but I don't really care for the production on a lot of the hit singles. No. And, and one of the interesting things, and again, we didn't go lyric by lyric like we typically do, but um, with this one, I'm going to, because again, the first two songs, you know the first two songs. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know Welcome to New York, and you know Playing Space. Yeah. They've, if you don't, you've been, been living under a rock. a decade now. People know these songs. Yeah. <laughs> so style, though, one of the ones that really stood out to me lyrically was... When she's talking about the um, um, the lights are off, he takes off his coat. I said, oh, I heard, oh, you've been out and about with some other girl, some other girl. And he says, what you heard is true, but I can't stop thinking about you. I said, I've been there too a few times. Like, this is a really interesting song about, because I know someone personally to me, I'm not going to call them out on this podcast because that would not be fair because I don't know what's happening right now, but they're going through some shit in a relationship. Yeah. And this is something that is actually gone on with them. <laughs> also a little, I got into this album when my marriage was falling apart. So maybe I, that would kind of explain why I gravitate toward it. Mm-hmm. Lyrics like this, like, cause I, I was relating to Oh, like especially this song, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So it was like, yeah, it's like it does hit a nerve. And fuck, man, she can write a song. She, she can write, write a, a song. song. She can write a fucking song. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I was going through this, and I often joke that my wife left me because I became a Taylor Swift fan. Well, it's not true, but I'll still t- still say that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Kind of like punk rock girl, though. You know, she's yeah. You know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. It's like it's a lot of these songs are about a fucked up relationship, and that's what she knew at the time. And she had a very good knack of creating uh, scenarios in these yes. songs where we can picture this. And she's really we've good either with- been there or we've known people who have been in these situations. Mm-hmm. She's very good at making lyrical scenarios. Yeah, like and this is this is not a talent that a lot of musicians have. No, they're usually too on the nose. They don't yep. create like character. Like you can picture these characters. She gets very descriptive. 
hundred percent of the James Dean looking guy. I, I have an image in my head specifically when I'm listening to this where it's dark out. They're in like a ho- they're like in a, an, in a, in a apartment complex. I can, ex- I can see what he's wearing. I can see where she's sitting. I can see the bedroom. Like I can see like my, it's like a book when I'm hearing these lyrics, I can create the yep. scenario in this song. Yep. Yeah. So then we get into out of the woods Kind of feels to me like a, almost like a companion. Mm-hmm. Like yes. this is the outcome of that relationship. I could be wrong. Maybe this is how I picture it in my head or whatever. Like I've had this. There's a heard this album so many times that I'm just you know it's weird going back and listening. So yeah, yeah, it feels like it, this. Are we out of the woods yet? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a theme here, and I there, I don't know if it was written about a one specific person or two specific people, but there's definitely a culprit. <laughs> yeah, there's a culprit. Uh, it could be, you know, just a combination of them all. Uh, it's yeah. not like All Too Well, where that's very clearly about Jake Gyllenhaal, right. <laughs> which uh, he's apparently not too happy that that album made a huge comeback last year. No, no. But hey, man, like, if, you, if your ex writes songs like these, and you feel like you contributed to it, like yeah, maybe maybe you were also a little part of this problem. Maybe you're part like, of maybe the it's problem. not all on Taylor. <laughs> yeah, maybe you were part of the problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, she this seems one, to be pretty open about how she's also parts of the problem, and that I really fucking respect. Like, yeah. there's just very very insightful. Yeah, and there. Like I said, there is an intelligence in this album that, in listening to it. I will admit, I never would have gathered from Taylor Swift. Like, just from being an outside, not a Taylor Swift fan, I never would have imagined that there'd be this kind of intelligence on a pop album, and I will definitely give it that. However, Out of the Woods yet falls into one of the things I really fucking hate, which is the repeating of words over and over. And again, I get it. It's 2014. It's a club. But to me... Musically, I actually don't think it's that bad. Like, no. where I'm where you were with the Zappa album, where I feel like this is a very front loaded. Yeah, this is very front loaded. This is a very front loaded album where there's some, like, the first so many songs are really good, even with my complaints about them. They're more nitpicks than they are being bad songs. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those songs where, though, but again, then she gets in the story. Remember when you hit the brakes too soon, 20 stitches in the hospital room, when yeah. you started crying, I did too. Like, God damn it. Like, yeah, she's again creating imagery. Which yeah. I wish more artists or songwriters would do. Yep. It feels yep. like it's, a, it's becoming a lost art. And that's why like, this is like, she's one of those artists. Like, I remember somebody once telling me, <clears throat> you can tell if a, a pop song or a rock song is good as if they could. Uh, play it acoustic and it would sound just as good. And I think a lot of these songs would do that. Mm, I I completely yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about all of them, but I think a lot of them. Like imagine style on acoustic. That'd be really interesting. Style on acoustic would be really. I think would be a really good listen. I think I, it would be like a, that would take you on a journey, man. Yeah, I think it would. I absolutely think it would. Um, but yeah, no. There's the imagery on this is really good and like when it's there, but it's the chorus. 
yeah. that is very much lacking for me on this particular track. Yeah, I mean, again, it's and overall, she's aiming at club shit, and I get it. And that was like my complaint with Miley Cyrus too. It's like I get this is what you're aiming at, but sometimes you're not hitting the mark. Yep, yep, and you're not hitting the mark for me. I get the club people probably love that more than style. Like we're all like, yeah, style and. All these, you know, and then it's like people are like, "Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods?" It's all about shake it off, buddy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right, good talk. Yeah, good talk. Good talk. Yeah. No, I. Yep. Okay. All right. So next, uh, we got what? What is it? All you had to do was stay. Yep. Yep. This is Uh, another one I actually like because it's not really much of a club banger, I guess. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. And again, it's like another kind of story song and. You know, she's going, I think Taylor Swift, at, I think she did record this at 24, Paul. I think she was going through some shit. I think she was going through some shit. I think she was absolutely <laughs> going through some shit. Um, yeah. like she, again, she's completely reinventing herself. Like she was singer, songwriter, country artist. She got signed when she was like 15. early teens, I think. 15? I think 15. I think she was 15 when she got signed. If I and she was knowing what she I know. She started writing her own music and yeah. that kind of. Imagine Buck the Nashville shit because they don't care for that. Well, no, and we'll, we can get her politics at the end, and they really don't like her now. Uh, they don't like the Dixie Chicks, and they don't like Hank 3, and they don't like anything outside of the Nashville. That's why Nashville just creates horseshit over and awful. over and it's over awful. again. I cannot do modern country. Like 95, 96% of modern country, I cannot fucking handle I refuse to listen to it, um, and it, it's so difficult because it's like growing up, especially where we grew up. Ninety percent of the radio stations were fucking country. Yeah, and I lived in Worthington from 2010 to 2012. Whenever I drove back to St. Cloud, I could only get radio stations that were country, and it drove me up the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's fucking terrible. It's just, it's such a shitty, it's such a shitty genre now. Um, so, but yeah, this one, it's, you know, she's going through some shit. Um, again, I, I, I love the imagery, um, that she's given, you know, in these things, there is a lot of repeat. I will say on this one though, a lot of repeating of the lyrics. Um, and that's a very difficult thing for me. Like I said, um, so, but, and again, there is that. 2014, Katy Perry, um, uh, Britney Spears, uh, Miley Cyrus, yeah. um, artists production on this. Yeah. And that's very difficult for me. Let's go to Shake It Off, Joe. <laughs> Actually, I do like Shake It Off. I love the drums on this. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a pop song. It's very repetitive because yep. that's pop music in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> But it does have like, yep, uh, imagery in this too. Where she's talking about her ex boyfriend introduces her to her his new girl, new like like you know like we've all been in that situation. Like, oh, we have. Oh, where it's we just, have. It was not a good. Uh, was not a good break, and you have this shit going on. So again, snuck into like a fucking drum driven pop song you're still getting like these little imagery like she's sneaking it in Paul. she's just sneaking it in there she is 
She's good. She's I, all sneaky about it. And I do say, and I do, um, um, she again is owning. This is another one of those songs where she's owning her reputation. Yeah. Um, which I think is very, very playful, and I think it's good. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I hate the song. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I. This is like what I dislike in music, and I know this is crazy, and it's not just me being a, because the song is popular, I have to dislike it. There is just something about, I, the drums are fine, but there's something about the beat with it that just, I and I don't like the whole play, 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 hate, 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 shake, shake, shake. And this also feels to me like not even a club song. It feels to me like a high school basketball or high school sports song, which is apropos because it's played at sporting events. <laughs> yes, this is a sports song. Which, and, you know, it's like Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Like, some songs just get... Yep, some songs just get picked. But this does feel like a song <laughs> that, that... I mean, no, I mean... just It's intentionally the to be like that. It, it's intentional. It's 100% intentional. I mean, it definitely feels like... Like, again, the imagery of the song with the drums, to me, immediately goes to a gymnasium. It immediately... <laughs> goes to a gymnasium and that's not and again i don't go to sporting events i don't go to things like that so i didn't know that they picked this up as a sports song <laughs> um, they picked all they've picked all, all sorts of songs like, yeah. they gotta fill time in those fucking events paul they do but yeah immediately like when the drums start kicking in it sounds to me like the way the the reverb is and the 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 echoing of it feels like drums in a, in a gymnasium and mm -hmm. i feel like that imagery is there and yeah. This is definitely a song that I think like a high school dance team would dance to. Well, if you've um, seen the video, it's very much the point. <laughs> oh, is it? All this, yes, it's very much. Okay, I don't all remember. All the song the was envisioned, I imagine. It's I, yeah, very I, much that. I honestly don't remember the video. Um, so yeah, um, so maybe maybe that's why I have it subconsciously. Like I have the music video in my head. I honestly don't remember the music video. So that's probably a subconscious nick pick. But I get why I get why people like it. Yeah. I'm not gonna hate on. I'm not gonna hate 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 on you for liking it. I get it. I get it. It's poppy as fuck. It's yeah. there. It's just not my thing. Nope. Yeah. And th next we have "I Wish You Would," which again, like I'm, I'm really liking the more non-hit songs on this. <laughs> I do. I actually really. I I I like this. Like this was a song like after "Shake It Off" came on, and this came on. I was like, oh, okay, it, yeah. Feels I like, like she's balancing it just for you, Paul. <laughs> kinda, kinda. Like, thanks, like here's Taylor. the pop song that you're gonna groan through, but hey, here's this more visual song that you can just yeah. see the story unfold. <laughs> yeah, she definitely is. She's she's doing a really interesting amalgamation of her moving the pop, but still having her singer songwriter roots in here. Yeah. Um, which I think is very smart. Um, and again, I, this song, again, I can see the story she's painting. I, I can see what she's doing. And yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this one. Yep. Yeah. Then we go back into the, the club. Uh, yep. I, yep. This does nothing for me. Bad this, blood. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly written about Katy Perry. Uh, so yep. don't get a, 
Taylor Swift's the modern day Phil Collins. Just don't get on her bad side. Okay, I did not. Well, hang on. I did not know this was about Katy Perry. Allegedly, I'm putting okay. allegedly. Okay, 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 okay. Let's let's. Yeah, sorry. Let's allegedly. allegedly I did not yeah, know allegedly this was, this was written about Katy Perry that a falling out or something. I don't know the whole story because I really don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. But I just remember uh, I watched a lot of like videos on people analyzing music, and this guy brought it up, and I was like, huh. Then I just went about my day. Okay. But yeah, he kind of brought it up because he was reviewing a Katy Perry album. Like, it's a video, it's a YouTube channel called Train Records. Okay. This guy just goes into pop albums with like really bizarre pop albums. And like Katy Perry was like, you know, she put out this horrible album after 1989 came out trying to be all uh, feminist and political. And firing back, and it just didn't work. <laughs> Katy Perry did. Yeah, Katy Perry. Did. I had no idea. I like apparently, no idea. like uh, you know, she got <laughs> maybe she got psychologically wrecked by Taylor Swift. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Again, well, Taylor Swift is modern day Phil Collins. Just don't get on her whole, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I think that's a great title for her. the Mrs. Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, followed by the wildest dreams. Like, this is a nice little song. Like again, like I, I gravitate more towards the non because I, I hear I, those. I've heard them so often. I have to admit, Joe. At this point, this is where the album drops for me, yeah. and it this starts is filler. It feels like the the rest of the album to me feels like filler. Yeah, and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna be like where you were with with the Zapper album, where like it started to just kind of like jumble yeah. to me. Um, it was really, really difficult for me to discern. And again, I've listened to this album all week, but still it's very difficult for me to discern what wildest dream sounded like versus what um, this love sounded like. Like it's yeah. Yeah. okay. This is just wildest dreams up until clean. They're all slow mm-hmm. songs. Uh there's lyrically, lyrically again. There's, there, these are smart songs, yeah. But unfortunately for me, I think what was obviously, which doesn't typically work, at least in my mind, which was working for it was club slow, club yeah. slow, yeah. club so the, slow. The more up tempo followed by the more and it, stayed or maybe down tempo stuff. But yeah. then this just goes down tempo. It just goes down tempo. And for a pop album, and I'm 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 gonna guess when she comes out with uh, the new version of it, Taylor's version, she's gonna you know there's gonna be some stuff put in here and new stuff as we talked about with being you know last one being where it was, um, <clears throat> which I think will help with some of these songs because I I I don't mean to be as negative as I'm sounding with it because lyrically they're good. But it's just for whatever reason, I think it's, and I th- I blame the production. I really, really do. It's hard to discern kind of each song having its own feel at this point, where it's more to me of more of the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, the track listing, like when you go so top heavy. And it's very top heavy. And it's very top heavy. 
Like, if they would have, like, spread that out, you didn't need blank space right after Welcome to New York, throw fucking clean or this love up there, you know, exactly. like. Exactly. Stretch it out yes. a bit. Give people time to breathe in between the hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Mark my words, they knew a lot of these songs were hits. Like, people making recording albums, like, oh, we just don't know. You kind of have a good idea. You have a really kind of a good idea. Shake it off is going to be a hit. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, you know what you're doing there. You know what you're doing there. You um, know, do it all and then end the album with bad blood. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm add it out. Then you go out on a banger and that's it. It ends with clean, which is, you know, a, it, my understanding, at least a song about sobriety. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I yep, gather. What I got, you know, like yep. move yep. it up. <laughs> yeah. Move it up. Uh, <laughs> Put it after style or out of the woods. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, again, this is a it seems like a more uh, serious song. Like it, it gets to like the serious songs, but again, the production doesn't do them any uh, favors. Yep. Yep. No, Nothing, she's not really doing anything to make them stand out. Hopefully, maybe she'll rectify that. I don't know. Well, and again, to me, this was it was a thirteen track album, and really, it could have been an eight. It could have been eight or nine track album, and still, I think would have been a, absolutely as successful as it was. It would have made the same amount of money, in my mind, if it had been a nine-track album versus a 13-track album. Do you disagree? Well, maybe not for her. She got the songwriting credits. The more <laughs> credit she has on there, the more money she's going to yeah, make. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good <laughs> that's point. That's why bands will pad out albums. That, <laughs> that's a secret it. of the industry. They don't tell you. Yep. And that, well, that they was why. They have to make it so it's not just an EP. They got to put it out as an LP, and it has to hit a certain amount of minutes. Yep. No, that's a good point. And that's also... One of the trick. Oh, sorry, you're gonna have that pop sounding in because I was playing with my goddamn babe. Um, is um, Paul McCartney and John Lennon? That's why they. That's why they had dual credits on it as well. Yep. It was. It was a money thing, and so yeah. I mean, artists will do that, but uh, but we could keep going. By all means, we could keep going. I'm just. I'm just letting you know. No, like, it's fine. It's fine. We can just like again. Like I think there's a lot of. This love I like a bit, you know. Again, like this love I did, like because I'm so used to the top half of this, Paul. Me too. Is that I started when I started re-listening to this for the review. I started after Bad Blood to listen to these songs. Sure, because they started kind of blending and like I, they stand out a little better that way. They're strong enough songs, but it's just how this album is sequenced. I, is, is they meet, they're left as like an afterthought, which I think it does them injustice. I think this love and how you get the girl and wildest dreams, like they're they're slower songs. You can't really have what five slower songs to cap out an album. Not when you've had bangers, yeah, like fucking bad blood and, and shake it off. And and honestly, I like these songs better when I just ignored the first half of the album. You know, I should have done that list this because even well, though I we always never, have the next album. We always because we're going to be doing this yep, album again. Yeah, we're going to be doing this album again. Well, not this album, but the next but the, so, yeah, but the Taylor's version. version. Maybe yes. that'll be a nice experiment to see both of us listening to the the last half of this album first and then going cuz we're already going to know the bangers. And and the thing is is that I didn't realize how many of these songs I knew off this album. <laughs> 
like that's yeah. the other thing. Like when we did this, I was like, okay, cool. I've never heard this album before. And I honestly didn't even look at the track listing. I just put it in and started driving when I was listening to it. Because again, you had messaged me, hey, we're going to switch it to 1989. I was like, whatever. So I just put it in my phone. And then I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, I know this song. I'm like, oh, okay. Blank Space is on this album. Okay. Oh, Styles. On, okay. Um, oh, Shake It Off's on this album. Okay. Oh, Bad Blood's on the. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, okay. Yep. 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 Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's how I'm probably going to approach. I will do this again. It helped a lot because I was like, again, when I was listening all the way through, I was really getting exhausted by after bad blood like you. And so I started when I was running errands today. I started the album with wildest dreams and all the way to clean. And I'd listen to those instead of the first half. And those out those songs are a lot stronger than I remember because those are the ones I'm hearing right away. Yep. And You're I not comparing it. Problem of sequencing. And, uh, and I don't think people understand just how important sequencing, like uh, I'm sure some of our audience does, but sequencing is huge. And I know for a fact, I brought this up on one of our other podcasts, which was um, Radiohead's final album. It's uh, they're pretty much, I was writing an article where they're done. Um, and, uh, what was a pale uh, moon? I, I have it. Yeah. Um, and it was alphabetical, not done, which was like, what the fuck, Radiohead? Like, they've never done that. Like, Radiohead has always been very much about sequencing. Um, and I love OK Computer, Kid A, and Amnesiac so much. They're sequenced so beautiful. Sequencing per- a moon shaped pool. That's what it is a, a moon shaped pool. Um, and they're done alphabetically, and it's actually what I feel is their weakest album. Like, you listen to some of the songs, there's some great songs on the album, but when you listen to it as an album, it fucking sucks. It's a yeah. really, it's a chore, because yeah, it, it's just, it's alphabetical order. Yeah, it, it again, sequencing is so important, and then, again, when I was listening, it, the sequencing for Wildest Dreams was like, this was just an EP that came out separate. So it would say this album goes up to Bad Blood. Yep. And you do Wildest Dreams to Clean as an EP. It would be a fucking phenomenal EP because you'd be like, you know, wow, she's really serious and singer-songwriter on this. Boom. Because right. it is. But it's, since it's getting tagged on at the end, I think it gets overlooked. I completely... It overlooked me because like when I sat through the album, you know, going from Welcome to New York all the way to the end, I check out after Bad Blood. Yep, I check out. I checked out too, like just mentally, and I wasn't trying to. Again, I listen to these things a minimum of three times, and when I'm out driving, there's days where I will just play these things on repeat, especially the day of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I will just do nothing, and I drive for a lot of my work, um, so I'll I have nothing but time in between my stops that. I can listen to these albums. I can listen to this. And I have to admit that every fucking time show after bad blood, my brain was just like, okay, okay, okay. But, but it's, you're it's a sequencing problem, not a problem with the tracks itself. Yeah. The tracks themselves are really beautifully done and I like them a lot. And actually I started liking them more because I did it that way today. Yep. And I start paying more attention to them because they're back more in the singer songwriting stuff that she was doing before. And, you know, they're not really clubby hits. You know, they're more personal, personal songs. 
And I think that's why I liked them more because I'm I'm exhausted. Like pop music a lot of times exhausts me. It's like it's like Joe's Garage exhausts me. Like you're giving me uh, stimuli overload at some point. Yep. Yep. And, and what, the, you know, it's just like when I'm I get kind of burnt out after a while. 100%. <laughs> and like, if I'm if I'm hearing all this like super poppy, you know, boom, 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 and then to like slow songs, I'm pro I'm checking out. <laughs> Yeah. Like my brain has to readjust. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess, you know, that's, I think that's where we're at. Joe, uh, I, I guess, do you want to discuss any more of it? Of the songs? No, I think we covered it. Because I'm willing. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing. I'm here, buddy. I'm here. I'm here. No, no, no man. No, we're good. We're good. Uh, um, so, I guess, you know, Aftermath is obviously, we kind of discussed a little bit about it. This blew up her career mm -hmm. into superstardom. Um, she lost where uh, she lost the respect of some of the country aspect of it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I will say was that I thought Taylor was very smart for a lot of her career of staying out of politics. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until Trump. <laughs> yeah. I think that, Trump forced everybody. <laughs> a lot of people came out during. You got to understand that a lot of people came out during Trump. Like Trump polarized. Whether you're listening to this and you're a Trump fan or not, you have to understand the polarization that yeah. Trump caused. And that's again good or bad. That's just the fact. And people like Taylor Swift, who were very much neutral, came out and went, "I'm not okay with this." Yeah, yep. Dolly yep. Parton, after 50 years in the business, came out and was kind of, <laughs> you know. Yep, and, and you know, and Taylor had said that she was against discussing politics by her label. She was told not to do it by her label because specifically of the Dixie Chicks controversy. Yeah. Um, and so. so before conservatives, because I have my complaints about cancel culture, me and Paul you, you and I for these. Uh, before you conservatives are like, oh, cancel culture, you you kind of you guys had that market cornered for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's be very, 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 very fair. Like again, yeah, we went into the whole Frank Zappa story last time. You guys had called cancel culture wrapped up for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was very much a bipartisan thing. Okay, the PMRC was not just a Democrat run fucking thing. Yeah. There was a lot of bipartisan on that fucking deal and then the liberals kind of backed off rightfully so because they're liberals on this on the situation and republicans and conservatives cornered that market and I'll, i don't know when the flip-flop fucking happened but i'm not exactly thrilled about it <laughs> no neither am i neither oh. so oh. that was our our first half in our foray of taylor swift this will have the Taylor's version of 1989, mm -hmm. whenever the fuck that comes out. But for now, we'll just do our recommendations. Uh, Paul, would you recommend it? <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Uh, well, you, you know, here's my thing. Uh, again, I'm going to do, I do this a lot. I'll recommend it with a caveat. Um, it is, if this is not your thing, like, you're this is not going to change 
Like it's it's well done. Like don't get me wrong, the songs are really strong. The songs are really, are really good. However, and again, I'm I'm separating my personal from my from my critiquing here. Um, personally, no, but from a critical point of view, yes. But if you're this, if pop music is not your thing, if you know, if this style of music is not your thing, there's nothing here that's going to change you into going, oh man, that's really there. Except I will say maybe style. Um, all you gotta do is stay out of the woods. Again, those songs, those lesser known songs in that first part of that album, um, I wish you would, are actually very strong songs. And I think worthy of being listened to. And as Joe has said, <clears throat> um, the back half, again, they muddled to me, but that's more of a, as we said, a sequencing issue. So I would say if this is something that, like, if you've ever been curious about it, go for it. But it's not going to change, I don't think, anyone's mind um, or anything like that. Like, again, my four-year-old was all about it. Um, but me and my wife we both were like this is not our bag um but i will make the recommendation out there that if you haven't heard it and this is you're like you are in the pop music and for whatever reason you haven't heard the full album then yes go fucking listen to it (laughs) that kind of happened to me i this is why i i'll recommend it but what happened to me when i started listening to this in 2015 is like i just hadn't listened to pop music it kind of turned me off for whatever reason plus whatever and i was going mm-hmm. through some shit and i this album got me back into it made me feel like i was not acting myself the last few years of my marriage like i was kind of putting on a facade yep and this kind of like <laughs> wake me like i like this music. why did i stop listening to this music oh yeah because the other person didn't like me listening to this music so that was like so yeah it kind of like it got me back in it kind of gave me that i like this music god damn <laughs> i'm not gonna be ashamed of it which, and you shouldn't be and that's no nobody should ever be ashamed of whatever music they listen to like we critique on here but fuck Mm-hmm. like what you like it's it's entertainment <laughs> we're it's just entertainment we're just and, two and, guys who know stuff <laughs> yeah we're just two guys who know stuff and again that's why i say even the stuff that we don't recommend like i can't recommend or joe can't recommend um still it's it's something to listen to again i love like terrible z-grade movies like straight yeah. up joe i watched frankenhooker earlier this week oh i watched it not too long ago i watched <laughs> it on shutter yes yeah. uh, uh, joe bob briggs did a last drive-in episode mm. of frankenhooker fantastic fantastic yeah yeah the, the uh, yeah i forget if he had the director on that or not yeah he did he had the director or no i forget but it's a it's a good good uh, frankenhooker is a solid movie <laughs> But you can't really call it a solid movie, though. That's the thing. Like I can, <laughs> and I just did. Yes, but there are people who will look at it and be like, "That is, that is so lowbrow, whatever." Right. So my point is, is, I can enjoy the Oscar movies, and I can enjoy the lowbrow stuff. Like yeah. I can enjoy, you know, whatever. So again, whether we're recommending or not, I hope that when you guys are listening to our podcast, you're at least checking out yeah. some of these songs. So you kind of can know what we're talking about and listening to. Um, and there are, and I forget which song it is, and this is me being awful. Um, there is a song on here where she does a signature thing that that Taylor does. Um, 
And it's this, ah, fuck. I, I can't remember which one it is, which song it is, but you could definitely tell that it's a Taylor Swift. But yeah, my other complaint with it is, is again, there is some of this stuff on here. Some of those more popular ones where it could have been Katy Perry. It could have been my, it could have been a hundred different artists, like a yeah. hundred different female artists that sang it. So, but yes, I will say I'll recommend it with that caveat, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll recommend it too. And I'll also recommend Frankenhooker. You yes. can't appreciate when she goes back into the whorehouse and <laughs> if you can't appreciate kills, super, kills everybody. If you can't appreciate super crack, then I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what I can do for you. <laughs> oh my god. So much. Fucking making super crack. Like if you can't get behind that, I, I don't know what, what you can get behind, people. So, Joe, what do you guys got going on at the Joe Down, buddy? Uh, we finished our review today of uh, the Sudden Death, oh, John Claude Van Damme movie. Uh, Brown yes. forgot. Apparently, it was Sports Month because he picked a a movie that just he picked a diehard ripoff that happened to be at a hockey game. Yep. Yep, son. That's right. That's him at uh, at a hockey game. Yes. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, what you okay? So that's awesome. Uh, so we'll see yeah. that one soon. I do remember that movie. Yep. So that'll be yep. out later this week. Yeah, with Powers Booth. I love Powers Booth. Uh, everyone loves Powers Booth. Um, all right. Uh, well, Joe, you gonna ask me what we're doing next week? What are we doing next week? Well. So we actually, and I was hoping that I would have gotten a message back, but someone had sent me a message, uh, or we talked about an artist. So I'm not going to, we did have a fan request, but I have to get the, uh, the, the, the album, um, name. So we won't be doing that one. Joe, I'm going to do what you did to me. I'm going to give you an A and a B. So pick A or B, sir. B. Okay. We are doing. A um, collection, a music collective um, led by Ivo Watts Russell, founder of a British record label, A4 AD. We are doing uh, their debut album from their project that they call themselves This Mortal Coil. And it's going to be the album It'll End in Tears. Okay. Are you familiar with this at all? I've heard of it. Okay. So, interestingly enough, real quick, A4D was a label that had several different artists on it. And one of the things that the founder had wanted to do was bring in artists that were in the that were on the label in as this band called this mortal coil um at create music so for this one um there's a lot of covers on it but it had elizabeth fraser um who's a well-known uh, I, I i can never say it right was it the cocktoo twins is that what it was pronounced joe Yep, Cocktoo Twins. Yeah, the Cocktoo Twins. Um, it had um, one of the guitarists, 
from from the Cockatoo Twins. It's Robin uh, Robin Guthrie, and it's Simon Raymond, uh, who is also on them. Um, it had uh, vocals from Dead Can Dance. Um, it had um, members of um, uh, of uh, I believe the Pixies on here. Um, so, or people have been involved with that. So yeah, like there's some, so on this particular album, um, there's a lot of covers. There's quite a few Alex Chilton covers, um, and a lot of things that were done. So this will be a really interesting one. And I think it will be kind of cool because it's something I've always kind of talked about that we've discussed, like going into labels and we could kind of discuss what this label is and kind of what they did. And this was stated, uh, I think it was three albums as this mortal coil and each one had a completely different collection of artists on it. Um, from the label working on songs. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right. Fuck. Um, Uh, so, oh, I got a question for everyone we're still on the air, air before we go. Um, so, Joe, what did you think of our, uh, did you get a chance to listen to our almost two-hour Frank Zappa podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disappointed there's only one guitar solo in there. Two. There's two guitar solos in there, sir. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> I heard one. Oh, uh, there's two, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, we were off the rails on that one. Um, it is what it is. But no, I, I I appreciate the fact that, again, you had me um, you know, go into this Taylor Swift territory because I never would have, honestly, without That's us. That's what it's all about, man. We're getting out of our comfort zones. 100%. 100%. So I hope our, our, I hope our audience is doing the same thing. Joe, do you want to take us out, sir? I'd rather not. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.